My friends, today is the day that we've kind of been dreading, I suppose, in a way. Because today is the day that we go about nine days without a single Vegas Golden Knights hockey game. And quite frankly, I'm going to drive myself mad in trying to figure out what in the world we're going to talk about for the better part of a week and a half. Nevertheless, we are going to attempt to do so. And really, if we fail along the way, that's okay, because there's some philosophical quote about failure somewhere in this lexicon that we will eventually uh, reference to at some point down the road. But welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you all being here with me today. Uh, you know what? I, I know it's kind of a little bit different. Usually I throw my title. In it. I'm, I'm trying to switch up the intros. You know, I, I, we're 76 episodes in, and I, and I kind of just want to freshen things up a little bit, you know? So, you know, we'll do intros a little bit different, and we'll do things a little bit different. I mean, we got, we are, we're off to a great start. We have new music. New music is spectacular. The new music uh, has not gotten any reviews whatsoever, which is totally okay, which means I have more people that probably don't complain about it than more people that would. So in that instance, I'm fully okay with it. Uh, but while we'll freshen things up every now and then, we'll still do the, the usual housekeeping. Because I, I, I'd like to think that there are a couple of people that still are turning into this podcast for the first time. And if you are, welcome to you. Uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you consume your podcasts, we're more than likely on there. And we appreciate you tuning in, even if this is your first time, or if this is your fifth time, your tenth time, or even your 100th time. If, if, I, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast 100 times through 76 episodes, I applaud you and I commend you for it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like sending emails, because emails are fun too. In the year of our Lord, 2020, they're, they're still fun. Uh, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the location and the email address to which you can go ahead and send in your emails. We are also taking questions for our mailbag next week. That's probably the only thing that I have planned. At some point next week, we're going to do a mailbag. If you have any questions related to the Golden Knights or related to really anything that you feel worthy of asking, uh, please go ahead and tweet those questions to at LockedOnVGK or at me at DannyWebster21. Whichever tickles your fancy, we will make it happen. So next week is a mailbag, and you know, I got a whole weekend to figure out what in the world we're going to fill throughout the bye week leading up to, what, what would it be, January 31st would be their first game back, I believe it is, against uh, Carolina. So We've got some time. We've got some time to kill. We've got some time to make things happen on this show. So any suggestions that you guys want to talk about or if you want to hear about from me, and even though you know I'm just a one-man band here, uh, but if you do want to hear something in particular, please feel free to let me know as well as to what you'd like to hear on this podcast. So... Given the fact that this is the bye week, the all-star break, and they're really right on top of each other, really the only thing we can do 
is really touch on the All-Star game next week. And I've already gone ad nauseum as to my thoughts on the All-Star game and how hypocritical and ridiculous it is. So we really don't have another platform nor the time on said platform to even figure out what other words I can say about how ridiculous the All-Star game really is. And as uh, we've just found out a few moments ago, uh, I believe is Brady Kachuk will be replacing Austin Matthews in the All-Star game. So there you go. Another All-Star that's putting health over actually playing in this stupid game. And there you have it. I mean, again, I it's one thing if you have every single superstar, every single star participating in this game, it's another where you have to get every single player on every single team involved. And, I, and I've said it before that the fact that Max Pacioretty even needed a fan vote to get in, and eventually it went to, I believe, what he was replacing one of the injured forwards on the Pacific Division team. Good for Max Pacioretty to finally get into an all-star game. But did it really need to come to that? No, it absolutely didn't. And that's why Mark Stone isn't an all-star. That's why Brad Marchand isn't an all-star. It, it's just one whole giant conglomerate of a, of a participation trophy that no one will really pay attention to. The best game of the weekend, I think, is going to be that women's three-on-three game. That, to me, is going to be the best event of the entire uh, of the entire weekend, uh, starting on, I believe it is going to be on Friday, part of all the skills competition and whatnot. It's going to be very exciting uh, to watch that unfold, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it's going to uh, bring a lot of attention to women's hockey, which definitely is something that needs to be done. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, the skills competition, yeah, sure. I'll be, I'll be watching that, um, especially because I'm pretty sure Pacioretty is going to be involved in one or two of those events. Um, so we'll, I'll watch it, pay attention, see what goes on. But as far as actually giving one hell of a, you know, you know what, when it comes to this all-star game, not really doing it, not really feeling it, chief. So with these episodes, and I, and I know I tend to drag these on a little bit longer than I normally do. Uh, these are going to be pretty short this week and, and probably next week as well, especially with the mailbag, because, you know, usually we, uh, we start the podcast talking about the game or we talk about the game that happened the night before or the game coming up, but there is no game coming up for a while. And we did our reaction podcast to last night's game against Boston. So really a lot of these episodes are going to be a little short. Although I, I know I touched on one of the things that I think we will talk about later this week is I do believe that uh, the Seattle team will be announced I think it's during the all-star break I'll have to confirm that because I know we talked about it a little bit earlier before but I think that's going to definitely be something we're going to need to talk about speaking of Seattle um, not that he has anything to do with Seattle in itself but I figured today what we're going to do is we're going to touch on some teams that I believe are going to be the perfect uh, destinations for one Gerard Gallant. Um, by the way, the uh, the Seattle's ownership group intends to announce the name of the team before the year before the All Star break. So we're coming up pretty close on that. By the way, so we'll be on the lookout for that one. Um, 
But I want I did write about this for Nights on Ice, and I think that it would be a nice, healthy discussion to have because um, one person in particular, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, replied to the article and said that Seattle wasn't considered. And the reason why I don't think Seattle is considered for Gerard Gallant is because I truly, fully, 100% believe with all my being that he will be back in the NHL next year and he will not take another year off to take on another expansion team when there are going to be jobs, immediate jobs, lined up ready for him to ready for him to go, whenever he feels uh, whenever he feels ready to return to the to the coaching ranks. So I did provide three teams that I think are going to be, I think would be very viable candidates, uh, very viable options for Gerard Gallant, and I do believe that these are options that he would definitely consider. Um, one that I think there'd be a good fit or two, just because narrative, narrative, narrative. And I love narrative. I love narrative in sports. And there is definitely one team in particular that is definitely up there when it comes to narrative. So let's start with the first one, which I think might be the most obvious one. And that would be the Detroit Red Wings. Now, Gallant, played about 10 years of his career when he first started his NHL playing career with the Detroit Red Wings also just turns out that the general manager now of the Red Wings is one of Gallant's former teammates and his good buddy Steve Eiserman. Now most people would probably look at Detroit and go why in the world would he even want to do this to himself? The Red Wings are on pace to be one of the worst teams in the history of in the history of hockey which you would probably have to go back to the days when cavemen made their own sticks and used like a dung beetle as a puck like that that's how bad the red wings are at this point and it's going to be a challenge for anybody who steps in there and takes over that job but the red wings need somebody and, you know, no disrespect to Jeff Blasill, but he's not really going to be a guy that's going to get these guys to play and get these guys motivated to play. Gerard Gallant is. He is a guy that is going to be somebody who will get his guys playing at the level that they need to be playing in. Now, this, of course, comes with the caveat that, of course, I don't believe that if Gallant were to take over the Red Wings next year, no, that does not mean the Red Wings are going to suddenly surge to the Stanley Cup final because there are ways away from that. And who the hell even knows? They could wind up with the best lottery odds for the draft this year and still lose out on Alexis Lafreniere. Like there is still that possibility that like Ottawa will have the number one pick. There's the chance that San Jose might. I mean, there's there would be there would be an uproar if the red wings did not there would be an uproar at least in detroit if the red wings did not hold the number 1 pick in the draft uh come this off season now it, 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 i mean we've seen weirder things happen we've seen teams that have ridiculous odds and still not even come close to uh winning the lottery i think the one instance that comes to mind, and forgive me if I'm wrong with the immediate details, but remember when Colorado traded Matt Duchesne to Ottawa, they got the first round pick. Ottawa went on to have the worst record in the league, 
And then Colorado, who made the playoffs that year, mind you, uh, still benefited by having Ottawa's pick, which ended up dropping from number one to number four. And I do believe that was the... I want to say that was the inaugural draft for the Golden Knights where they took Cody Glass at number six. But the Avalanche picked at four and got the guy who's likely going to win the Calder this year in Kale McCarr. So there is no guarantee that the Red Wings are going to have the number one pick. But there is that intrigue that if Gallant were to take the job, it's like, okay, you're going to at least get a top three pick. I'd, I'd be shocked if it went any lower than that. And you still have some talent on that roster that I think you can build around. There's Tyler Bertuzzi, Anthony Mantha. When he's healthy, there are guys on that roster that are still young and you can make things happen with. So the Red Wings, while not an appealing destination right off the eye, it's still, I think, one, it would be a good te- a project, a good project for Gallant. Two, he goes back to Detroit, where he spent, again, a decade of his playing career. Like, I mean, he played, what, 11, 12 years. His last two years were with Tampa. But, um, you know, when he was with Detroit, he was a 30-goal scorer. He was a 90-point player, which in today's day and age would make him an all-star. Back then, probably not. Um, but there, there is a lot to like, a lot to dislike about the Detroit job. But if there's one guy who I think would be perfect for it, it would be Gerard Gallant. The second team that I pinpointed, which I think would be a perfect match for him, and it completely it, it completely hinders on if the current interim coach stays beyond this season, and that would be the Dallas Stars. It's the perfect scenario for Gallant because, one, he would be coming right into an immediate contender. The Stars right now are third in the Central. They were a wild card team last year. They were very, very close uh, to getting to the Western Conference Final last year had it not been for losing in Game 7 to St. Louis. They were right on the cusp of it. They had a 3-2 lead in the series. They lost Game 6 at home badly. Game 7, a couple bounces go their way, and if Ben Bishop you know, stands on his head a little bit longer, the Stars are probably in the Western Conference Final playing the San Jose Sharks. So I look at it from that standpoint and I also see how the Stars have been able to maintain that competitive edge despite firing Jim Montgomery, who, which at the time was the most bizarre firing of, the, of these uh, coaching changes that we've had this year. But it turns out, obviously, Gallant would be the more surprising one. But I look at the Stars, and they're loaded up top. Sagan, Ben, Radulov. Uh, they got good young talent in uh, Rupe Heinz, and then you have Miro Hiskinen. You still have John Klingberg. You have a good goaltending situation with Bishop and Kudobin, and there's there's a lot to like about that team. And they're still chump, they're still churning you know young guys into the into the roster from their farm system. Denis Gurionov is another really fun, exciting player to watch if you're Dallas, and I think. That's the perfect infusion of star talent and young talent that would really make that job appealing to Gerard Gallant. Now, of course, this all this all hinders on if Rick Bounis is the coach going forward. He's going to coach the rest of this season, but say this turns into a Craig Berube situation, right? If, if he takes the stars to the Stanley Cup, 
then the job is closed. Bowness will take the job going forward and everybody will just celebrate down uh, Victory Avenue. But if I'm Galan, I'm looking at that very intently. And I think that of all the jobs that could be opened to this point, I, th- I look at Dallas and I'm like, you know what? They haven't really made a decision on their coach. And if this continues to go the way it is and they don't make it to the at least the Western Conference Final or at least the second round, it might be an enticing job for Galan to consider. And I, and I think he would have the perfect mix of young talent and star power that w- he could really make Dallas a contender if, if he were to go that route. The third choice that I had, and again, this is all for narrative purposes, is the San Jose Sharks. Because who in the world would not? I, I don't care if you are a Golden Knights fan and you despise the Sharks with all of your being. I know a lot of people do. And the thought of Gallant coaching the Sharks just makes everybody's blood boil, especially in Vegas. But I look at that and I'm just like, why not? Why not just do it with what you've got on your roster? Why not just go all out and face the team that canned you four times a year and try and get revenge on Vegas? I think that in itself is the perfect destination because because i i'm gonna say this i don't think gerard is one to hold grudges i mean when the whole first couple of matchups against florida happened we tried to get every single um soundbite i guess would be a perfect word we try to get every single soundbite we could out of Gerard when he when they first faced Florida because then we got to bring up the taxi cab and got to bring up how they could win the uh, win the division one year and then go start five hundred and then completely just fall off and then the Florida Panthers jokes just emerged by themselves as time went on, but I think that is a perfect scenario for Gerard just because I think that he would love the opportunity to go against um, the Golden Knights four times a year. I think he would love the opportunity to go against Pete DeBoer four more times a year. And, you know, DeBoer said that him and Gerard buried the hatchet at some point, I think before the first game of the season. So there's probably no more bad blood there when you're talking about those two. But there, it's just the thought. <laughs> and to me, I would... I mean, I I have to be impartial, right? Because I I mean, you cover this team, and you you really have to be impartial. But honestly, I would cheer for Gerard just to get a win or two, because because that and, and if they meet in the playoffs, even better narrative. I I just want to see Gerard succeed wherever he goes, and he he's someone who you know I think we've developed a very solid professional relationship. I I feel like that we have kind of. We've had good conversations in the past before, and uh, he's just an all-around good guy. And he's someone who I know the league thinks highly of him, and I think he's someone that will definitely land on his feet for a coaching gig sooner rather than later. How much long he takes is totally up to him, but the minute he says he's ready to go, I'm pretty sure his agent's going to get on the phone and get him a job, and it will not take that long, believe you me. So those are the three that I think would be the perfect spots for Gerard Gallant. I think Detroit, obviously, with his ties there, Dallas with immediate contention, 
and then San Jose for narrative purposes. And if he can get that team turned around in San Jose, despite the fact that the general manager ran it into the ground, despite the fact that um, the Sharks are where they are at this moment, I, I look at it from that standpoint and say, why not? Why not go into that and just go guns blazing and try and beat the Golden Knights? I, I think that would be fun. And really, if you're a Golden Knights fan, you can't tell me that you don't think that would be a little bit fun. And you, you would have a very tough time not cheering for Gallant. I'm just saying. So, yeah, those are my three teams. Again, Seattle, I don't – I just find it very hard to see Gallant go to another expansion team. I, I don't think – I don't think he needs to. He's built enough of a coaching resume that rivals a lot of the best free agent coaches out there. I mean, he's the only coach to lead an expansion team to a Stanley Cup final. He's led him to two playoff appearances. The The fact that you're going to try and see if lightning can strike twice when it comes to Seattle versus Vegas, it the odds are not great. Like the whole Vegas situation was one in a million. And I don't think that no matter who you get on that roster, no matter what young players you throw into the lineup, I just don't know if that's going to be something that you can actually depend upon for you know an entire 82-game season year one. Because then what's going to happen if he goes to Seattle? It's like, oh, well, he can lead this group of players to a, to a uh, Stanley Cup final, but he couldn't lead Seattle to it? That, not that I think that that would actually happen, but... There would probably be some that would think that, and I, I just don't think that's something that he would want to do. Now, if he does want to take on that challenge, more power to him, more power to him. I, I, I wouldn't understand why he'd want to put himself through that twice when he can go to a Detroit, for example. And again, not the most ideal situation, but you have someone who's familiar with the organization, and you have someone that's going to get those young guys to play hard that's a situation where Gallant could get like a three-year leeway, and if there's no improvement, then fine. But odds are that if Gallant were to go to Detroit, he would get that team turned around in a couple of years. I mean, I thought Detroit was on its way to being a playoff team either this year or next year just because I thought they would be able to improve the way they did. And just now it hasn't worked out at all when in terms of their rebuild. But you get a guy in there like Gallant who could really – just get it into those young guys. I think that'd be perfect. And then Dallas, I think, is another ideal situation for him because he's walking into a contending spot. He already knows how to get his team ready for the playoffs. And if that is just the last thing that they need to get him over the hump, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas was giving him a call because, you know, it's not effing horse shit, I guess is the way to put it. Um, but I, I hope he finds a good job. Uh, sooner or later, I hope. I sincerely hope that Gerard finds a good job that will um, be good for him, be good for his family, and be, really because he deserves it. I mean, he got a raw deal at the end of this, and at the end of the day, he's he's uh, he's just too good of a coach to stay around for long. I, I truly believe that. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Golden Knights is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Golden Knights fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Golden Knights fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. 
Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising. All right. So, again, a little bit shorter of an episode that we really didn't plan on today. Because, again, we're, we're really going into this blind. We really haven't done anything uh, really set for the All-Star break. So we're, we'll be back tomorrow, figure out what it is we're going to talk about. And then, uh, you know, what, what's today? Wednesday. So we have two more episodes after this. We'll have the All-Star break. And then we will have our mailbag either Monday or Tuesday. So get your questions in. And then we'll recap the All-Star game reluctantly. And we'll see if Max Pacioretty does anything uh, noteworthy in the All-Star game. So in the All-Star game, the skills competition, um, whether, whatever it may be, uh, we, will, we, will, we will discuss. We will have a hearty discussion about that. And if things just go haywire in the All-Star game, I could just be like, well, here we go again. I'm going to talk about how bad the All-Star game is because that's just who I am nowadays. I'm like the old man yelling at clouds talking about the All-Star game. Like, you dagnabbit kids, stop changing my All-Star game or something like that. I don't know. But as far as what we were going to talk about today, that's actually going to do it, guys. Uh, Again, pretty short. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow figuring out what in the world we're going to talk about then. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. Uh, Again, if you have missed any of the episodes uh, as of lately, uh, you can find them on any of your podcast feeds. There's still the uh, Star Wars discussion with myself, Nate Schmidt, and William Carlson. If you have not listened to that, I would highly advise you do so. Just two-part conversation of me and two players just discussing Star Wars, which, I mean, they're, that's fun. <laughs> again, it's good to talk about something that's not hockey-related. So, and, and again, for the uh, mailbag questions, if they're not hockey-related... Feel free to send them in. I could really care less. If you want to know about food, about whatever, send them over, and I'll be more than happy to answer them. So go keep an eye on for that and uh, keep those questions coming. So thank you guys for listening. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we'll see you tomorrow. Man, I love this new music. Have a good one. (laughs) 